We've been doing a lot of work on that, truly identifying what is that 10 year horizon of the world that we see. Because if we're clear on the horizon, the steps to get there fall into place. Welcome to Leadership Local Conversations. Brief conversations with Christian leaders about one core aspect of leadership to help us grow. Today, we're joined by Joe Knight, CEO of Anglican Overseas Aid. Joe's recently new to this role, but has 20 years of experience and a strong commitment to justice and sustainability. Anglican Overseas Aid has the vision for a just, peaceful, and sustainable world free of poverty. Wonderful to welcome you to our Leadership Local Conversation as we look at creating purpose and focus. You are the CEO of Anglican Overseas Aid, and I've really looked on with such great thanks to God of the phenomenal work that Anglican Overseas Aid has been doing for some time. But we always ask a few questions of of people we interview on our Leadership Local Conversations. So I just wanted to begin, if you would just share with us, when did you become a follower of Jesus or when did you first realise that you were a follower of Jesus? Yeah, I... um had a really strong Christian family and so it was as a child that I, I first remember you know, praying and praying with my parents in my room at night but even as a you know sort of upper primary school uh, age kid I very much had a an ongoing prayer conversation with with my friend Jesus and I think I felt closer to my friend Jesus than I probably did with you know lots of other people around me I was a bit probably isolated sort of Kid and, and at that time of my life, there's um, yeah, some, some grief and, and sort of loss in my extended family that I think I really turned to uh, faith and sort of was grieving privately and clinging to my friend Jesus. And I look back and can see the deep roots of faith that my family and, and has helped forge in me and also that season of sort of early, early sort of growth was deep roots of compassion, I think, and um, yeah, very grateful. So then as you think back on that and then the years that have passed, can you think of a particular season in, in your life in which you've really gone and undergone transformation as a follower of Jesus? Yeah, I'll, um, I'll take a politician's answer and, um, and, and shape it into what I want. I, 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 I've picked two seasons and, and they do sort of, I guess, reflect and I can sort of see where, where God has been shaping me recent times and taking. But where essentially the, the argument that keeps being God expanding me to see a bigger vision for his, his goodness and his gospel. And so the first big season of expansion is um, taking a heart over a path for compassion and justice, which I forged from a pretty young age to, to time in India. Uh, and spend time quite hard with listening to people poverty and just the reality of their lives, not sort of just a theoretical passion, but actually that that real love uh, that we're all making God's image for, that real love for people, people in poverty particularly, and that's obviously shaped by the steps I've been taking in, in vocation and, and in life. And then in more recent years, that's really been an expansion to um, God's planet and, and and care for creation, that that is has become a big part of my faith in real time growth, and that really coincided with me having children and mm-hmm. um, I guess spending more time in nature on parental leave to start with walking 
the kids uh, around the bush paths near the river where we live and, and starting to really think about that intergenerational uh, challenge that, that our sort of growing nature and creation felt and bringing the two together of people involved in world suffering as, uh, as creations um, struggling so much and that's so much of it has been the part we play. So really delving into the scriptures around um, care for creation and what I can be learning in that space has been. So at this point in Leadership Local, we are considering the module of creating purpose and focus in teams. And I just wonder if, to begin, if you could just tell us a little bit about the team that you directly work with and lead at Anglican Overseas Aid. Yeah, look, we are, um, we're a small staff team. Uh, and so when I think about who is our team, um, that's probably the, the neatest way to answer it as a small staff team. But, of course, we are connected to our, our governance team who themselves, of course, are volunteers and committees. Speaking of our staff team, I have a very um, collaborative and collegial team of people who are really great at what they do. So in the international development agency ours. We have the technical experts who are the ones who um, do the international programs work and the partnership work with those who are our partners, Anglican churches or partners who are in the majority world. And, and back here we have those who are partners overseeing those projects, doing the things with department from affairs or other sort of due diligence things. Um, so whether that's in the humanitarian emergencies or international development, we have those people. But then we also have um, team members who are experts in that engagement communication and fundraising because the work doesn't happen if we can't uh, raise uh, resources from a, a wealthy part of the world like Australia and be sharing that with our brothers and sisters who are on the front lines of greatest need. So... And we have a smaller um, operations um, part of the team and um, in any good not-for-profit, that's pretty lean um, and everyone sort of has to uh, stretch and make do. But um, we're all, I guess, reasonably new at getting to know each other because I've only been at the role since March last year. Mm. And, um, yeah, there's a couple of new new members as people sort of um, cycle through these things. So that's a little bit about, I guess, who we are. Mm and um, some of the things that we sort of do day by day together. Could you also just share, what is, the, what is the big purpose that you work towards as a team? One of the things I really love is the art of strategy and coming in and diagnosing what, what could be um, and helping a team co-create something that you can then work towards. It's, it's one of the things I think in the years of leading in different not-for-profit settings of church and other sort of values-aligned settings, I've realised is something that God has wired in me that I can I can bring and I really enjoy. And over the years I've realised not everyone is as energetic. But one of the things that we have been doing these past months is is that diagnosing what is God calling us to uh, as anglo Day in this next season? What is the role that we play in the Anglican Church in Australia? And the brothers and sisters around the world um, that builds on the strengths of what we we hear is really appreciated and can um, play a really constructive part in 
So we've been doing a lot of work on that, truly identifying what is that 10-year horizon of the world that we see. Um, because if we're clear on the horizon, the steps to get there fall into place. And so putting structures um, in place and working with um, someone else, but I think, you know, Michelle Farrell has been a wonderful um, facilitator to really create a process so that we can co-create together. And, and for a leader like me, that means slowing down, which is um, something that I need to do. I'm probably 10 paces ahead um, of people, but to really get the best out, the wisdom is in the room staff and board, a number of other stakeholders and key forces that could feed into that. So identifying the landscape ahead that we're heading into, where is our advisor? And then what are those goals that show us we're on the right track? We've been calling them signposts. How do we have those signposts that show us um, of all the different directions we can go, this is the one that's pointing to the horizon we've identified. And so that um, then turns into quite detailed plans, naming the outcomes that we will be able to say show that we're on the right track. And then working back from that, like stepping stones, what are the, the things we need to do next for us to start to, to take some steps in that right direction? So that's been um, that's been exciting and very uh, very immediate work for us as a team and being a peer leader and. Um, I think we'll stand us in, in good stead as we move into the next three and three years and beyond. What then are some of the challenges, so individually and as a team, in working consistently towards that purpose? Well, in ministry, as with um, it's not-for-profit work, resources are very tight and are a challenge. So it's, it's generating the resources and being a good steward of very tight resources. And that can be, that's where I think that the clarity with strategy is, is a gift because just like an artist who might produce excellent work when there's design limitations, um, when your resources are tight but you have clear strategy, you can be very creative at how to get there with what we've got. Um, so there's always um, the need for more resources, but that's it's on the whole just not really possible. Um, the nature of the work I do, we are trying to free up as many resources as possible to get to the front lines of our partners who are serving people greatly. So resources, uh, especially in the Australian context, are a challenge. Um, and so being a good steward of that is, is one challenge. I think the other one that I find a challenge but also a wonderful opportunity when you, get, when you can get it right is getting the right team together um, of not just competent people but talented people who you can um, retain and and really bring together people of great character uh, as well as talent and get that chemistry, that culture as a team. And when that um, happens in, in, in the Christian work that we do as values-aligned, driven people, God does wonderful things, and um, I think that is a challenge to get to get to that place of getting the right together that God has in, in plan for that season of the organisation with that challenge. And then when that comes, um, that is incredible. But alongside that is because of the nature of uh, yeah, not-for-profit um, organisations in the ministry settings, you are sharing life and 
barely your whole of life with each other, but yet you have professional responsibilities and accountabilities. And so those two worlds can rub up against each other. And I think it's about being mature and more experienced to our that's sort of handling that. Um, but there isn't sort of a really neat separation of your private life and your work life. It, it is, you get the richness when you actually continually uh, sharing together. Um, that can be challenging. I think the third one would be leading values-driven people. There are so many good things you could do. And so there's so many ideas, so many opportunities, and never-ending set of problems to solve in our broken world. And so being able to take that energy and direct it into what the organisation's strategic program calls to do um, so that we can actually have the impact that we desire with the resources available. Mm -hmm. Because when we are so diffused, then we just put down that. But you don't want to um, cut off that energy of your, your people with so much passion, um, but to try and help, help them see, see the sort of future that we're working towards. How important are your no's to really maintain your your purpose and your focus? And then the real secondary question is then how do you discern the no's? Yeah, and the nature of these uh, types of any type of plan is this, the external environment keeps changing and the context, you know, things, opportunities come up that weren't in the plan. And so one of the things I think that is particularly helpful is that if, the team had um, buy-in and been part of creating the plan. There is already um, a good understanding of the what and the what. And so trying to grow that literacy within the team of um, this is the plan that we've come up to and these are the outcomes that we're going to be measured against and that um, whether it's in the board or others are going to hold us accountable to it. We're going to hold ourselves accountable to it. So being able to sort of grow that literacy so that we can each sort of um, hold up all these new shiny opportunities and say, well, does it sort of take us in that direction towards that horizon or does it sort of sort of give us drift and we sort of um, head off in another direction? So being able to have that conversation openly and then really take it through all the different layers of the organisation, whether it's a budget setting time or people like work reviews and being able to see the part they plan, how it fits into the strategy, I think helps be able to assess and discern what fits in. And also um, giving permission to each other in the team to, to call that out. Like, that sounds really interesting, but could that be distracting and, and how does that lead? I think it's helpful. And one for me because I come up with lots of ideas, even though I love the um, clarity of, of the strategy and focus. I also get excited by new things and new collaborations. And so I need people around me to, to be able to, to talk that through with me as well. So as a team, what, what do you find most helpful in having a real shared sense of your purpose that you can all contribute and work towards? Being really mindful of, uh, as a new leader in this organisation, the spiritual rhythms and our organisations and staff. Ensuring that we are spending time praying together, doing devotions and reading scripture together, but also praying for our partners and hearing the stories or the challenges, uh, uh, joys that our partners are experiencing. Because um, in any organisation, there'll be those that are, are more closely connected to what's going on with partners and others. As you said, we might be doing uh, operation, admin behind the scenes, communications roles. So helping, again, together 
us remember who we're here to serve. To finish, got a few final questions, lightning round. So how, how is God growing you as a leader at the moment? Definitely being stretched and growing because I'm in a new context and I'm a first-time CEO. So there's lots of situations that I've plunged into that I'm learning and growing by doing. But I think it's it's a, it's going deeper and deeper and God is really showing the, the deeper work I can be doing on my character. So what is the most helpful leadership book that you last read or just simply a book that's really helped shape you as a leader and a disciple? I brought along uh, a wonderful book called Living Radical Discipleship. And the thing I love about this book is it's it's inspired by John Stock. What I really love is it brings together a number of some of my colleagues and peers from Majority World Church and it opens up their wisdom and leadership and future of our church and different topics theological or practical in the discipleship way. So that's something I really value because it stretches and grows me and I have the benefit of knowing them personally, which is pretty special when you open the book. What is your long-term hope for Anglican Overseas Aid that shapes how you lead? So my hope and my prayer for Anglican Overseas Aid is that we can fulfil each sense of calling that we have, that we we are Anglican communities and we are working together on this Great Commission of God's renewed creation. And that is definitely shaping how I lead. Um, it's my heart and it's my passion that we, the church, can really um, be involved in, in prayer and action in um, God's kingdom, that we can use our influence globally for good and that sense of global commitment as a church. Um, so then that. Uh, pushes me to continue to uh, forge relationships and look for collaborations and help uh, the church here in Australia capture a glimpse of that energy and excitement that our brothers and sisters in other parts of the globe are um, doing great things that we can join. Well, thank you so much, Jo. You've been so generous in a really busy season and so generous with your wisdom as well, so, so very appreciative. And from a personal note, more locally here at St. Bart's, we're really thrilled and excited that this year Anglican Overseas Aid is going to be one of our mission partners. So we really genuinely look forward to partnering, particularly in prayer, to build up Christ Church, and especially with such a, a wonderful vision for a just, peaceful and sustainable world free of poverty. So we long for that too and really look forward to partnering with you more in that as well. So thank you so much.